Now it is time for Inspirational Women, and my guest this morning, Christina McDonald, an author from our own Puget Sound area, who is with us to share her first published novel, a thriller, and one that really gets us thinking about life and death, relationships, and finding what really matters in our life. Let's meet Christina and find out more about her and about this gripping novel, The Night Olivia Fell. Christina McDonald, good morning. It is so wonderful to have you join us this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. It's really great to be here. And to welcome you, in a way, to the Seattle area, which uh, is has was home for you, but uh, is no longer. It's just a place now that uh, family lives and you visit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Seattle will always be home, but I've also made another home, and I think you can do that. You can have more than one home, but Seattle's in my heart, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's... And my family's here as well. So definitely, you can keep coming back to this home. Uh, yeah. But how, what a wonderful adventure to be living across what they call the pond and living in London. Yeah, London's great. It's actually really similar to Seattle, especially in terms of weather. You know, lots of gray and lots of rain and then lots of sun in the summer. And I think um, I think I found my, my sibling home. <laughs> <laughs> That That is so great. And what's wonderful then, Seattle is a great writing area. We have lots of authors, writers who live here. I think London then, you know, has that atmosphere to be the same thing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great like independent bookshops and there's loads of authors and it's just a really great community for writing. And so is Seattle. I mean, so again, yeah, I found my, my sibling city. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. And so here we are to actually have a, a, I think, a really stimulating conversation about yeah. your first novel, The Night yes. Oli- the Night Olivia Fell. And so the thing is, you have a degree in journalism, so writing is certainly in your blood. Did you have this kind of passion since a young age? I did. I, I've always... I've always been a writer. Um, even when I was a very little girl, from when I very first knew how to hold a crayon, I would write funny little short stories for my sisters. And as I got older, they became longer, and then they became fairy tales, and then they became romance stories. And so, and then even before I could hold a crayon, I would tell them stories. So, so I think storytelling has always been in my blood and in my heart and in my soul. Um, it's just always been a part of who I am. And I've always been a very big reader as well. Um, when I was a little girl, I used to have a corner in my closet, in my actual closet, filled with pillows and blankets and some drawings that I'd done. And I would just go away after school and I would go in the closet and read because I just needed to escape and I needed to have my downtime, I guess. And I just needed to read a story. And I think reading and writing has always just been a part of who I am and a part of what I love doing. So as I got older and I went through school and then I went to university, um, I got my BA at UW, and I got it in, in communications and journalism. So that just felt really natural to kind of continue on that path. And then um, after, after I went to UW, I went traveling. I went backpacking around Europe, and I ended up in Ireland randomly, ended up in Ireland. And I found out that they had a really great journalism program at um, a university in Galway, the National University of Ireland, Galway. So I applied, and, and away I went. <laughs> <laughs> is that just really part of youth is the spontaneity yeah. and like oh I yeah. think I'll go back to Ireland and go to school yeah. <laughs> and it was really weird how I ended up there too because I initially went traveling in throughout Europe so when I landed at Heathrow in London um, 
I had been flying throughout the night and I was really tired and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I hadn't booked any place to stay. I hadn't organized anything. I was, it was just completely spontaneous. And I happened to walk past um, an Aer Lingus desk and I thought, oh, I'll go to Ireland. And I bought a ticket and I left right then and there and went to Ireland. And that literally changed the whole path of my life. It was very, very random. And then I met my husband and we stayed in Ireland and later we moved to London. So it was really just that moment. <laughs> Did you meet him when you were on that vacation or when you went back to school? When I went back to school, yeah. When I went back and, and I got my master's degree in journalism, um, we met there. We met during kind of the last few months of my of my time in Ireland. Yeah. And and that so therefore you set down roots. Otherwise, who knows? I mean, it's so fascinating. Your life is this wonderful story of, <laughs> you know, just putting faith out there and trusting and it just, just all unfolded, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's what that's part of life and experience is just getting out there. And, and, and that's a huge part of writing as well is experiencing things so that you can portray that in your writing. But yeah, definitely that, especially that whole part of my life was very much like, oh, I think I'll go to Ireland or, oh, maybe I'll go to Rome today. Or, you know, it was very spontaneous. Now I have two children, so I don't have that luxury as much <laughs> anymore. And they're in school, so I don't do that as much. But hopefully one day I'll get back to that. And, and I'll be able to share that sort of spontaneity and that love of travel with them as well. Indeed. I, this just comes to mind. So with two young children, do you spin stories for them? Do they ask you to tell them stories? Yeah. I mean, I don't really make up lots of stories for them. I read to them every single night. And I have done since my oldest. He's 10 now. Um, I have done since he was born. So I've always read. <laughs> so the first book, when, when my oldest came home from the hospital and I was rocking him to sleep, the first book that I started reading him was A Tale of Two Cities. And I know that's obviously not a, a story for children, but I think just words for yes. for any baby is a good thing. And obviously, as he started to get older, then we would um, we would tell him other stories that were more age appropriate. And then um, I did write some some children's some children's books as well, like self-published some children's books. And I, I did them mostly for them, but, but I also self-published them. And just, just like little, you know, stories on how to be patient and determined and persistent and things like that that are, are relevant for children. And I tell those to my children as well. <laughs> That's really so fabulous. Hopefully that yeah. they are available. Perhaps it's more in Great Britain that they're available. No, no, they're, um, they're available here as well. Yeah. Huh. I mean, they're self-published, so they're available on just on Amazon. <laughs> sure, absolutely. As is, of course, the focus, which we'll get to, of our conversation, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Night Olivia Fell, your new no novel, a thriller that is written for adults. And this is, um, it's so fascinating. What inspired you to go on this path of writing a th thriller? I know it really intrigues me, and I love the genre, as long as it doesn't get, like, really, really scary. But this one yeah, doesn't. Yeah. This is really a, a human interest story. So what took you down this path, Christina? So the reason I wrote this story, well, I mean, I, I love the, the genre. I read this genre more than anything else. And I think that when you're writing, it's a good thing to write what you know and what you enjoy, because then you have a passion for it. And that passion will come out in your writing. So I think I didn't actually consciously choose to write in this genre. I think it's just what I end up, I love. So it's kind of how it ended up. 
Um, but the idea for the story came about in back in 2013. I, I had a new baby. My youngest was, was had just come home from the hospital. And I was rocking him to sleep. And he, because he would never sleep. <laughs> so I was rocking him to sleep. And I was reading the news. And there was a story in the news about um, a girl, a 13-year-old girl in California called Jahi McMath. And she'd gone into surgery to have her tonsils removed. And she suffered massive blood loss. And she was ultimately declared brain dead. And because I just had a new baby, this was the worst story I could possibly have read. And I just, I looked down at my newborn baby and I was utterly horrified. And I just thought about Jahi's mother and how devastating it would be to hold your child in your arms and watch her take her first steps, go to sleepovers and become a teenager and, and have her be so just savagely ripped away. And, and from that story, the, the, the first seeds of the night Olivia fell were sown. That is so amazing how then life uh, across the world, the news and your yeah. own life all weaves itself together. And you masterfully put it together into a really an intriguing book for us to read. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I just I kind of thought with with that story, what if? And I think as an author, you have kind of like gerbils in your mind that are constantly running around on on wheels, just kind of making you go, what if this and what if that? And I just thought, like, what if? the girl had been a little bit older and what if she was pregnant and what if she had bruises on her wrist and what if the mother was like I know that this was not an accident and she decided to find out what happened that night and and that's how the the night Olivia fell came about <laughs> again it's so intriguing you were saying you write what you really enjoy and you love and yet it's it's such a different story than others that we've read so you know all yeah. of that creativity is coming from within you and you really <laughs> pen this incredible story that uh, really it pulls us along like what's going to happen next how is this going to work Thank you so much. That's that's an honor to hear. I'm really thrilled to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> and and it's written in such a interesting fashion as well of, you know, the, giving the story from both the mother and the daughter's point of view and it, again, it just is so fascinating that you could do that so masterfully. Thank you. I mean, there were a lot of rewrites. Like I I started this book in kind of 2013 I think the whole idea came to me and then I sat down and I actually finished the book in 2016 um, so I always knew that I wanted it to be from both Abby and Olivia's point of view to be able to kind of play off of each other their emotions and tell their side of the story because I think that's really important is to everybody has a reason we don't make decisions in a vacuum right so everybody has reasons for the the decisions that they make and I wanted to show those reasons of of what happened in Olivia's life and what happened in Abby's life, why they got to the to the places they got to. Um, but I wrote it. I started writing the book from page one and just wrote straight through. So I didn't write all of Abby's chapters first and then all of Olivia's chapters next or anything like that. I wrote Abby's chapter, Olivia's chapter, Abby's, you know. So yes. I think because of that, it was difficult to get into the character initially so once I got a first draft done, then I was able to go back and kind of in my head separate out the characters and really find their strong inner motivations. But that that took me a little while to do. And also it was my first, um, I mean, it wasn't my first manuscript. It was my third manuscript. But I, I was still, you know, fairly new to all of it. So it did take me a little while to sort of figure it out. <laughs> so I'm really glad that it's worked out and that people are enjoying it so much. 
So I certainly feel this as I was reading it. And so that's the feedback you're getting, right? That people, you know, cross generationally are enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, so far the the reviews and the feedback has been really, really overwhelmingly positive, and I'm just so grateful for that because, as an author, that that's your goal is to connect with your reader, and 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 people want to feel something, right? Like they want to feel, um, they want to feel what they're reading. They want to be taken on an emotional journey, and and I think maybe that's why it's resonating with people is that this is an emotional journey. It is, uh, you know, how far a mother's love will take her. In, in finding out the truth. And there it is. Mother's love, mother-daughter relationships. This is going yeah. to easily appeal to over half the population. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. I mean, I think it was a natural thing for me to write because I, I am a mother and I also am a daughter. So I think it was quite natural for me to write that sort of mother-daughter. And, and also it, being you know a mother myself now and a little bit older, I was able to look back at how at things from maybe my mom's perspective or from any mother's perspective versus me as a teenager and a teenager's perspective. So I was able to kind of see both of those sides. Well, it certainly is so gripping and uh, it it is still quite new. It's just come out. So uh, let's take a moment and mention that, of course, it's as readily available as, as our computer or our favorite bookstore right now. Yes, yes. It just came out on Tuesday, so two days ago. Um, and it's still very new, and I'm just—it's all been such an amazing roller coaster of a ride. I'm just so excited and and just thrilled at um, everybody's support. You know, the, the book bloggers and the early readers and everybody who has commented on it or shared it on social media. You know, you guys commenting about it and talking about it—it's just been so amazing to me, and and a little bit like surreal you know I'm I this has always been my dream so now it's happening and I'm like whoa (laughs) (laughs) really to see it that concretely must be yes such a thrill for you yes it is yeah and again very surreal I feel sometimes like oh I must be dreaming maybe this is maybe this hasn't happened yet but it is it's happening and it's like oh phew (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, it has a very special connection for us here uh, in the Northwest because it is set in the Seattle, uh, greater Seattle area. Yes, it is. So when I, you know, I know I live abroad now and I've traveled a bit and, and lived in a few different countries. But when I sat down to write a book, you know, Seattle is still in my heart. It's in my bones. It is my my first home and my first love. Um, so it had to be set here because, again, it is what I know. And I just... I wanted to appeal to my audience at my home, you know, in my home. And, and so I had to set it here. Um, the little little town that is in the book is fictional. It's not a true story. It's not a true place. It is made up. It's kind of an amalgamation of Anacortes and Laconer, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> because I made it all up. It's just... An, in my head. <laughs> yeah. And well, and I think we kind of get that as we read it, that that's, it's, it's not an actual place, but it resonates yeah. of what we have here in the area. So yeah. we know, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, Seattle is, it, it's probably the prettiest city that I've ever been to. And, you know, we have the mountains and the, the evergreens and the water and the hills and there's just so much. And I wanted to take that beauty and make my book really atmospheric with the beauty that surrounds Seattle. So it had to be set here. It just had to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one, you know, it's something, um, 
interesting that we love to read, I love to read at least, stories and watch movies about a place that I know, like, or especially where I live. There's a, yeah. a special kind of intrigue about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why that is, but I'm exactly the same. You know, you're always more interested in things that are directly a, a, about you or about the place. You know, you can read the book and go, oh, I know where Pine Street is. Oh, ha, that's so cool. You know, so those sorts of things, they just resonate within us. Right. Yes. Uh, so there is so much about this book, you know, the setting, uh, the relationships. Uh, again, we really enjoy, I think, reading and uh, kind of guessing about what may go on, which is why thrillers are so interesting, trying to anticipate yeah. what the different turns might be and how things might uh, eventually turn out. So uh, did you have a sense of that initially as you were writing, Christina, or did that also just kind of come to you how it unfolded? So I'm not much of a plotter, and I know that I know that's wrong. I know I know authors are supposed to plot their book, but I just don't think that way. I, I literally started on page one and I just went. And I had an idea of what I want, who I wanted the characters to be, what I wanted them to go through, and I had a de- an idea of the beginning and the end. Um, but I didn't plot it out. <laughs> I mean, I I do sort of plot out like maybe the a few bullet points of my next chapter or even the chapter that I'm in. So maybe I'm just a weird hybrid writer. Um, but I just really didn't plot it out. I just learned as I went and I pulled the different components of my story together, like the character's goal and her need and weakness. And and from there, I started at page one and I just started writing and I put the, the pieces together. So I learned a lot of the things that happened in the book as I wrote it. But, you know, what happened at the end and, and who did it? I didn't know that until I wrote it. Oh, yes. And, you know, what, what happened... Um, I'm trying not to give away any spoilers, but yeah, so I, I just didn't know until I wrote these things what was going to happen. <laughs> so so sometimes it was very emotional for me, going, oh my God, yes, that's exactly what needs to happen, but oh, you know. <laughs> Did you have the experience of the characters actually meeting you and talking to you, whether, whether in an awake state or in a dream state? I don't think so, no. I think no, I, I did a character sketch for each of them before I started. Um, but but again, I, I think I really got to know them through that first draft. And my first draft was so, so rough because, again, I didn't plot it and I didn't know the characters very well. Um, <clears throat> and I, I just started at page one and kind of went. So I didn't, I think that I didn't really meet them in that sort of a way. I just got to know them through multiple, multiple, multiple revisions. <laughs> you know, I went through... Because this was a debut, I went through so many of my own revisions. And then when I, I pitched it to agents and I found an agent, then I went through more revisions from her. And then it went to a two-way bidding war. And when I found the perfect editor, um, she had me do more revisions. So I think just along the way, I got to know the characters more and more and more. And they grew and they expanded and they became more dimensional. But not initially, no, I didn't have, I didn't kind of meet them in any sort of state. It was just, I got to know them mm-hmm. as time went on, which is really actually kind of what it's like in real life, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. It's just interesting for me to to know and to learn about the process uh, just yeah. from an interest standpoint of how an author operates and finds these things out and presents us with something that's so yeah. fun and interesting to read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so you, 
you mentioned Bidding War. That's pretty exciting for a debut novel. Yes, it was. It was so exciting. I mean, I didn't even, in my wildest dreams, didn't even think think that that, that would ever even happen. But yeah, there were two publishers that were um, that were interested in the book, and I chose I chose Gallery Kate, my editor, um, just because I saw her insight was so fantastic, and I just we really clicked on the phone. Um, we chatted on the phone about the book and her vision for it because obviously when you submit a book um, to a new uh, to an editor for the first time and they see it for the first time, they have their own vision for what it's going to look like and where it's going to go. And they, they are very passionate about the book and they want it to be a particular way. And when Kate told me about her vision and we chatted about it and her passion and enthusiasm came through, I was so excited. And so that, that's why I signed with um, Simon & Schuster Gallery. And they've just, they've taken, Kate has taken this book to amazing places and just made my writing and made this book so much better, you know, for her, her shaping of it. So did you, was your experience that she did um, ask you to make some changes that you had not anticipated that evidently you were glad to do, but did it take you to a different place? Yeah, I think it was more just kind of making um, a rough draft even finer and also being able to say well here the character starts out in this way so they really need to change a little bit more um and um you know those sorts of changes so it was more about fine-tuning everything and just making sure everything was just perfect and also making sure that the character development was really good and that there was a little bit more tension and a little bit more suspicion i think on all of the on all of the characters of of saying like oh who really did it so she she really leaned into or really had me lean into um, heightening that that suspense and and I think that just really made the book so much better. She just did such a great job at that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's really interesting because it does there is that tension and you and that wondering like where is this going or who could it have been and you know yeah. and that's always like a fun game for us to play in yeah. our heads but to know yeah. that that background of how this all evolved is is an interesting part of enjoying the book I think yeah I mean and I think because I didn't actually know who did it when I was first writing it I think maybe you know there maybe that's why nobody else really knew either um, but then I was able to at the end kind of go in and put in a few more red herrings and make other characters look more suspicious and and just really lean into that a bit and then also lean into the development of their characters as well. Well, it is definitely as such a fascinating, interesting and entertaining read the night Olive. You. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, really, you're you're giving us a great gift, Christina, in per- Oh, thank you. in having written the night Olivia fell. Uh, so this is freshly new, but I'm still going to ask you, are you working on another book? I am. I am. I am just finishing up final edits on my second book. Um, and it is set in Whidbey Island and Seattle and London. So I've brought in London to this next book. Another area, obviously, that you know well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we can be looking forward to this. Probably it's a process, as you've shared with us about The Night Olivia Fell. So probably what? Another couple of years, perhaps? It's scheduled to come out next year, so February 2020. So, um, you know, they're they're are always such things as delays, things can happen, but but currently we're hoping for February 2020. Wow. One year from now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if this 
currently feels surreal. I I can't imagine what you're thinking about the fact that another book is coming out pretty soon. Yes, I'm really excited. I'm very excited about, and you know, this has just always been being an author. This career path has always been my my dream and my goal. So I'm glad that you know I have a, a book that's come out now, and that I have another book coming out next year, and. Um, yeah, and I just can't wait for all of it. <laughs> that really so intriguing and so definitely something we need to make a point of if, is to get uh, to our favorite bookstore, book source, and get our own copy of The Night Olivia Fell because we are sure to really relish the experience. I think we will, yeah. beyond being entertained i think it's very stimulating and and what's great on the we, your website which we'll mention here uh there's a, a book guide for a book group so i think that that's yes. that's a great thing so your website is my website is christina-mcdonald.com spelled m-c-d-o-n-a-l-d and i have a book club there and i have um, a synopsis for my second book as well and um, and yeah, so anybody can feel free to come over and say hi or or look me up on social media as well. And yeah, we'll chat books. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, My favorite thing. <laughs> and something that is so important for all of us, reading, how that enhances our lives, really makes such a difference. Uh, even if we're not going to be an author, it still is something that's so important in our lives. So it makes me go back to when you were talking about reading to your first son, uh, Tale yeah. of Two Cities you were reading yeah. to, right? <laughs> so is he a reader? Um, does he, he have is. dreams? Of, of he writing. is such a bookworm, and I think it would be devastating to me as an author and a bookworm if my kids didn't like reading. But fortunately, they both love reading. Uh, my oldest is really, really into, you know, J.K. Rowling, of course, Harry Potter. Mm. Um, and he's really into the new Alex Ryder books. And, and my littlest, he'll read anything as well. <laughs> they just love reading, which is such a blessing. <laughs> well, I think that that's an important piece of it. You said you read to them you know, right from from babyhood that, uh, yeah. you know, this is a piece of, of life that I think if parents aren't doing it, and they certainly I know in our area here in Seattle, it's so encouraged and it, it really is happening. But it is an important and invaluable thing that we do for our children. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when my kids are small and even now to this very day, like my oldest is 10 and we still do it. Um, it's part of our bedtime routine. So we have a half an hour before bedtime and we sit down and re we read to them and we have cuddles and we read to them. And it's just it's a special time, time together. You know what I mean? And that time together revolves around books and it revolves around stories and and it re revolves around imagination and what would happen next in this book or what would you imagine happening or or, you know, just making up our own stories. So it's a really special time um, that I've always cherished with my boys. And, and I think that, you know, if obviously time is such a valuable thing and we're all working so much, but, but books and reading with our children is so valuable to them. And, and I, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. And you, you're just demonstrating how, you know, it was such a part of your life, what it's yeah. meant, you know, to your whole life and passing yeah. that on to your children and, and how they are thriving as a result of it as well. Yeah, I mean, and and I think it's just great for their imagination, and it's also a great way to just chill after a really long day. You know, school for children now, it's a lot more 
it's a lot more cerebral than I think it was when I was a kid. <laughs> um, they are so overwhelmed with school. And I mean, I don't know how it is here, but I know in the UK, the kids get quite a lot of homework and they're constantly working on things, constantly learning. So I think reading is kind of a downtime for them, for, for my boys anyways. And, and it can be, if it's, you know, it can be for anybody. Um, they've just loved it. And they love just, you know, we're one of those families that um, I'm not saying they never do screen time, but they love to just sit there. So we'll sit there in, in the living room. They love to just sit there and read and we'll just all read together. And it's like, it's my most amazing magical time <laughs> when we're all reading a book. And you can feel like, oh, such success and a, a, a feeling yeah. of, you know, gratitude. I'm sure that they have really yeah. picked up that that uh, great gift of reading. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And every year on Christmas Eve, um, it, we, we give books. So we all get a book from, you know, one, one book for each person in the family. And we sit there and we just read and eat chocolate and drink chocolate milk and or hot chocolate and, and just read books. And it's just, yeah, it's just part of our part of our family identity, I think. That is a wonderful tradition. Yeah. We can all consider if we don't do yeah. something like that, adding it to ours, because that sounds so delightful. Yeah, chocolate yeah. and books. Yes. What's not to like? <laughs> exactly. Well, this I have liked so much. It's been so wonderful to meet you, Christina McDonald. Uh, to Thank you so much, Kate. To, to share your stories and to really learn uh, a little bit more about the night Olivia fell and encourage everyone to get out there and get their own copy and, and really and enjoy a great read and, and continue reading. Yes, yes, definitely. And I and I hope everybody enjoys the night Olivia fell and and, you know, we just just love everybody to read it. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. There's so much to love about it. Yeah. So great thanks for taking time with us this morning and giving us these insights and sharing your, your uh, life with us. It's been just wonderful. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. I really, really appreciate it. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Christina McDonald and Sunday Morning Magazine with Anna Gottlieb and Liz Lang from Cancer Pathways. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of sharing stories in your various ways. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.